0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fire to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: Welcome to the Sixer Cents Podcast, hosted by CoSite experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey
0: everybody, welcome back to our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uriah here and we're going to talk more Sixers basketball. Guys, how's your week going so far? Great. Great. Um, how about y'all?
1: That was perfect timing, Chris. As soon as the music ended, you just came right in, man. It was good timing. Did you plan Thank that? Thank you. No, I did not. It's just <laughs> a guess.
0: The inner part of eye's editor is coming out, guys. Oh,
1: look. You asked me how my week is going. It's going great. It's hump day. Uh, a couple more days left in the week and hey that game the other night was awesome i can't wait to hear you guys get into it
0: yeah yeah it was definitely a fun uh preseason game but i think chris you're going to take us into something else first right well i guess we are going to talk about it right away so let's Wrong. <laughs> i got i got mixed up i'm sorry it's it's been a crazy day for me not gonna let the listeners know what's going on just some personal drama and i'm everywhere right now except to where my mind needs to be so if i'm fact if i say something a little off guys tonight it's just my mind's not in the right place but we're gonna try to get through this anyway all right
2: we're gonna talk about the preseason game between philly and brooklyn which took place i believe on monday correct yes monday yes okay so 115 104 was the final score a pretty long list of dnps for philadelphia Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, Grant Riller, Matisse, Thibel, and of course Ben Simmons all were not playing for Philly. And yet they came out and beat a Brooklyn team that had both James Harden and Kevin Durant in the starting five. Harden and Durant both played a pretty fair amount, 25 and, and 28 minutes respectively. And yet Philly came out victorious, Strolling bead. 14 points in eight minutes. Um, Furkan had 27 on 11 of 19 shooting, 20 points from our boy Isaiah Joe. Another pretty emphatic Andre Drummond game. Lucas, what impressed you most about the Sixers' uh, second preseason victory?
0: Well, I mean, we got to go with Joel coming out and just dominating. In eight minutes, he had 14 points, three assists, no turnovers. If he can limit his turnovers, and we talked about this last podcast, if he can limit his turnovers and average around maybe five assists a game, which I think is possible, so I don't know if it's going to be possible anymore, but we'll talk about that later. Um, he could be in the MVP, camp at, you know. He could be a front runner again. Obviously, Corkma is going off for twenty-seven points is impressive. The guy can shoot. He, no, no fear in that guy's shot at all. You know, he can do it. Um, you know, it's interesting. I heard, I read somewhere that he played point guard growing up in Turkey. So him starting at the point guard position for the Sixers, you know, in that game, wasn't a completely new thing for him. He did have four turnovers, uh, no, four assists, one turnover. That's not bad. Um, you know, obviously, when the offenses give the ball to Joel and just get ready to shoot, it's pretty easy to run. So he had a good night. We've seen games like this from Must before, not usually as a starter, but that's okay. I mean, we gotta talk about Isaiah Joe here, Chris. He played good defense, two steals, had three assists, just was engaged as a defender, knew his spots in the offense, and hit a really high percentage. Five of seven from the three point line, Chris. That's I don't care if it's preseason or not. The guy can shoot stroke and Joe as basketball reference likes to call him. I mean, and the and the stroke was yeah. there. The stroke yeah. was there. So yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's great. Here, I'll let you time it on, Joe, before no, I go to my other spot. My yeah, other points. Just, just a truly unfortunate
2: nickname uh, for <laughs> But he was really good. Again, we've been banging this drum all preseason, summer league, etc. Uh, the guy probably slash definitely deserves minutes. He's the second best shooter on the team. You put him out there for enough minutes, he's going to take like 10 threes a night and hit a fair amount of them, and he's going to... Really boost this offense in a lot of ways. Um, the second unit is not short on shooting right now. Obviously, Niang and Korkmaz both have had pretty solid preseasons themselves. Korkmaz, three steals
0: for Niang in this one, Chris. By the way, that's and three assists. That's pretty solid stats yeah. for him. And you Just, know, Danny and Seth like the
2: Sixers aren't short on shooting, but you cannot have enough with Joel on the floor. The Sixers for in a very rare moment in this game, literally got to place like Joel with four spot-up shooters around him. And it looked amazing. Like, obviously, it's preseason, and the Nets aren't defensive stalwarts, but that's a group that we haven't been able to see a ton of in the past just due to questionable roster construction and other factors, Um, Ben. So, you know, it's interesting to see that. And if the Sixers have enough shooters to run that unit, You know, Joel plus the second unit, stuff like that. They should probably try it out because it gives Joel a lot of room to operate inside. He did a great job of drawing doubles and making the right reads as a passer in his eight minutes. Obviously, it's only eight minutes again in the preseason. But I mean, 14 points. The guy is just a dominant interior scorer against anyone at this point. Literally like the NBA all-time leader in points per minute, right? Like he's just an insanely gifted offensive player. And you put him in those situations, he's going to thrive and he's going to elevate the players around him. So a really good showing overall.
1: So yeah. I was taking notes because I was I was hyped. I didn't get a chance to see the other games. And of course, having Katie and Harden out there, that's exciting. I was surprised they played so many minutes. But speaking of Isaiah Joe, Chris, you're right. We've been banging his drum for quite a while. The gravity that he creates when he's out there. Teams, uh, he's on the radar of all these teams now. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, he creates such open space. Um, there was one play where uh, he drew some defenders, and then he left a shot open for FERC out of a double-team pass from Embiid. Uh, there was another point where he drew his man away from the basket, and then Yang got a layup <clears throat> under the rim. So Joe is, is definitely the shooter we knew he was. But he's also not bad of a playmaker. He had a nice alley-oop to Drummond uh, in in the first half. So I'm impressed with Joe. I I hope he gets minutes. And one other thing before you guys get back into it, Kate Scott. I don't know if you guys were able to see her broadcast, but she's impressive. I I think she has a, a, a good voice. She doesn't have like a, you know high-pitched voice, not annoying voice, and she knows her stuff. She had this one part uh, when Furkan was hitting some shots, and she was like, do it, Furk. And the most, I guess the thing that I love most about Kate Scott, and she's going to grow on me even more, she lets the game breathe. And I think a lot of times some announcers, uh, they just feel like they always have to be talking. So go, Joe, and Kate Scott. She gets a thumbs up from me. Yeah, um I didn't sadly I didn't get to see the game live.
0: Um cranky two year olds, so yeah, I yeah. understand. Yeah. But um I will say this, um in terms of I'm uh in terms of Isaiah Joe, the playmaking I think is an underrated aspect of his game that we gotta start respecting for sure. Um honestly, and don't crucify me for this, but I'm almost tempted to start him over Danny. Almost not there yet, but if Danny shows any type of regression mm-hmm. this year on defense, like is that an outrageous feeling
2: to feel? Um, I'm just gonna say no for the brand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So the, other, with- the 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 other thing is, and this is just more me as a West Virginia fan. I have to shout out Javon Carter on the um, on the Nets. He did play very good defense and he can shoot his three pointers pretty well. I think he's going to be great in their rotation. That's my one West Virginia shout out of the night. Um, but yeah, Drummond had a good game, even though actually looking at his percentages, they weren't great, especially from the foul line, but like he impacts the game. There's no doubt about it. I will say this. Jaden Springer looked like an 18 year old on that court. He just, he needs he's raw and he needs a lot of work. Um, on both sides of the court and b-ball paul did not have his best game but it, it by that by that stretch he did not have a bad game either so um obviously that fourth quarter was garbage time for that that team so there was a lot of turnovers then but those are just my final thoughts on that
2: yeah so lucas who are some players that you think maybe are at risk of losing out on minutes in the regular season? Like, who do you think just has minutes
0: at stake at this point? Um, I mean, the, come to mind. I mean, the obvious answer is Isaiah Joe, um, but I think he's earning those minutes now. Um, not to make you hurt, Chris, but Paul Paul Reed obviously, it's not looking good for him just because Drummond is showing that he's a very good backup center. Um. The other guy, but at the same token, I will say this, and we'll talk about Ben in a second here. If Ben actually does play for the Sixers, Drummond, I think, is at the biggest risk of losing minutes because you can't play Ben and Drummond. You can't because it's going to be the repeat of Dwight and Ben, and that just did not work. But yeah, I think Drummond and Reed are probably the two biggest ones just based off of position and fit with other players. Potential fit with other players if they decide to play or if they play.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I think we have to start at some point, you know, looking ahead at the guys in front of Joe. Because um, he, if he keeps this up, it's hard to imagine him not getting minutes. Obviously, Furcon had himself quite a night too, but he's probably like next in line behind Furcon. Like if mm-hmm. someone's going to lose minutes to Joe, it's going to be Furcon
0: because Furcon's not nearly as good as Defender.
2: I would put my money on Furkan. There's yeah. a slight chance it's Matisse, especially if a certain someone comes back and there's not a giant hole on defense. But I think it's probably Furcon. Um, Shake Milton too, um, just because he continues to. He didn't play in this game. Obviously, he was he was hurt. But the games we have seen him in this preseason, last postseason, most of the rest. Regular season, he just wasn't very good. Um, I, I continue to believe that he's not really much of a point guard. And we just talked about Isaiah Jones, Furkan Korkmaz, and their playmaking ability. They aren't point guards, but if Shake isn't either, they're both much better offensive players. So, I, and they're better defenders, frankly. So, I, there's not really much reason to play Shake over either of them, in my opinion. But we all know that Doc probably
0: believes otherwise (laughs) i mean i think there's more faith in maxi this year um than shake i mean i would have believed that too but then doc
2: started talking about how great shake is and then started putting him in the starting five well i think i don't know man i i wanna it it's obvious but it's doc rivers we gotta you got to remember that we got to hedge our bets.
0: Oh uh, gosh, you're such a pessimist, and it makes me reevaluate everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see, Chris. I don't know, man. I'm I'm just here for the fun in the basketball.
2: Yeah. So, uh, Uriah mentioned Katie and Harden. They played again 25, 28 minutes respectively. Quite a bit for a preseason game with players of those of that caliber. Were we surprised by that at all, Lucas? Um, you know, Joel played eight minutes in a game where Philly had n- pretty much no other starters other than Danny. So were we surprised by how much we saw of Durant and James Harden? Uh,
0: the knee-jerk reaction is saying yes, but when you actually think about it more, it makes sense because it doesn't look like Kyrie is going to get vaccinated because he's protesting about – it's not that he's an anti-vaxxer, but he's protesting people losing their jobs because they're not getting vaccinated in we. I don't want to jump into that moral conundrum. That's not something I'm interested in. Neither really care to talk about it on a basketball podcast. Not saying that it's not an important subject, but it's just not important to what we're talking about here. That being said, you have to know what this team looks like without Kyrie. And that means you might have to play your stars, big minutes, not big, but moderate minutes in the preseason just to get the team into a clicking rhythm because, you know, you're going to have James Harden as your point guard or, you know, main facilitator in the offense. You still got Bruce Brown, who's like the ultimate screener. You got Blake Griffin, who didn't look bad, by the way. Like, if he wanted to do more, I feel like he could have, but he, I don't think he wants to do more. That's where I think Blake Griffin is in this point in his career. Yeah. I mean, he just um, had a really good postseason. Like, he he's a player. Still. Yeah, yeah. So and you want to play these guys with the second unit, too, because you want to see what they look like now. Granted, I would like to see more of like, you know, Nick Claxton, LaMarcus Aldridge, Bembrary, those guys getting a little bit more menace with that group. But like, you know, you still got Patty Mills. Carter looks to be like a big guy in that rotation. I think Steve Nash really likes his defensive tenacity and the fact that he's a shot maker uh Millsap and James John James Johnson looks to be like players in that rotation as well so I mean yeah you're gonna get like this I could see the Nets playing 10 or even 11 deep during the regular season to keep legs fresh because you got some old legs on here and you got some new legs on here and then some legs that are injury prone so like they could play 10 or 11 deep if they really wanted to and without Kyrie you got to see what this group looks like with those two main guys so no I'm not surprised
2: yeah I mean obviously Joel gets special treatment just because of how big he is and the type of injuries that he's had in the past not that Katie and Harden haven't had their share of lower leg injuries recently and they are both on the wrong side of 30 but not every star is going to get the eight minute a night treatment that Joel gets just because they're different players different spots and I do agree that the Irving thing probably factors into it too but A sort of interesting tidbit to come out of this whole Irving situation um, is Stephen A. Smith commenting that Daryl Morey is still, quote-unquote, lurking um, and possibly trying to trade for James Harden this upcoming offseason. He's obviously a free agent if he wants to be. Doesn't seem like he's going to sign an extension with the Nets uh, before he hits free agency. Harden and Morey go way back with Houston, of course. Lucas, do you believe Stephen A? Do you think that's a possibility worth monitoring? Um, I mean, Irving probably not playing this year or a good chunk of this year.
0: I mean, Harden said that he's intrigued by the idea of free agency because he's never got the chance to do it before. And I'm sure Kyrie not playing certainly hurts. Like it doesn't make James feel confident in resigning. And obviously the history there. I don't doubt Stephen A.'s sources in Philly. I think there is some lingeringish, uh, you know, interest there. But at the same token, if like Damian Lillard becomes available, they, he's going to go for Damian before waiting before waiting for James in free agency, because James is in a really good situation. And if I was James, I, I mean, I would wait until free agency because you can make more money versus extending. But that being said like i don't see why james would want to leave is it possible that Maury goes for harden sure does it does it look like it's actually going to happen Pro- probably not but i mean it's it's probably you know like a sentiment in the office if it, if the opportunity becomes available then sure they're monitoring it but i wouldn't put much stock into it actually happening
2: Yeah. I mean, look, obviously if he has the opportunity to sign or trade for James Harden, Darren Morey will do it in a heartbeat. I have no doubt that he wants to do that, that he is angling for any possible chance to do that should Harden not be totally content in Brooklyn. If Harden does take pitches in free agency, I'm sure Philly will be giving one of those pitches. I have no doubt about that. Um, I'm on the same page as you, though. I just don't think he's going to leave Brooklyn, um, but I mean, speaking of Ben, who we're going to get into here, it's clear that Maury is holding out hope that some player of a higher caliber asks out and that they can upgrade instead of downgrading with Ben. Harden would qualify as such a player were we to make it to the offseason with him somehow on the roster still. Like that's the kind of trade that mori would rather make than, you know, Malcolm Brogdon and Karis Levert. You know, no shade to Malcolm Brogdon and Karis Levert, who are wonderful players. But that's probably where Maury's head at is at in, in an ideal world. So I, I do think it's an interesting thought. But end of the day, I agree. Brooklyn's probably going to keep him. Bigger market. KD and Kyrie are friends,
0: etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just don't see him leaving. And, of course, now we're going to get to, of course, Ben Simmons, because it's not a Sixers Sense podcast without talking about Ben Simmons. <laughs> I was going to ask for the, the clap
2: reel, right? Great Thank minds you. think alike.
0: Yes, yes. I'm, I'm glad that, that that was added. Thank I've you, I've been looking Uriah. forward to this all
1: day. Let's just pour it all on
0: Ben. So, after holding out, after <laughs> saying that he does not want to be on the team, saying that he doesn't fit with Joel, after losing – Pretty much a million dollars. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hold your applause until the end. I got this, I got this. Ben's like, you know what? A million dollars, that's a lot. Let's just show up to our soon-to-be ex's house with no announcement and text them, let them know that I need to be let in. And that's exactly what happened on that night against the Nets. That's exactly what happened, guys. So how surprised were we that Ben just showed up and the reports prior to that, that he would show up later that week, but not that night. So how surprised were we actually that, the, that he showed up guys. It is so funny. <laughs> Honestly, I'm
2: thrilled that this is how Ben decided to show up. Just coming to the arena mid game and like sending out brand a text great flair for the dramatic from our guy, Ben Simmons. Um uh, Just a wonderful, wonderful, uh, bit of a melodrama um you know i'm not really surprised because we saw that he was probably coming during the week you know obviously he showed up a bit early and it certainly surprised the sixers but the general idea of him coming back was kind of floating around at that point um seemed to be heading in that direction the sixers were talking to rich paul who very conveniently left out that Ben was probably on a flight at that point, which again, hilarious, amazing stuff. Uh credit to them. <laughs> um you know? It's great. I'm interested to see how it goes. It's certainly something. Uh I'm 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 very interested to see how the next week goes. I just spent the afternoon though, the evening, just kind of laughing about it. So that's where my
0: head was at. Can, can we just uh, – I wonder who folded first. Was it that? Was it Ben or Rich Paul that was like, you know what, bump it. It's not working. We have well, to go back. Yeah, guys, to be fair, $1 million is a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but I want to know, was it Rich Paul that convinced Ben or Ben telling Rich Paul I want to go back? That's what I want to know. My, Based off of what I've been hearing, it was Rich Paul trying to convince Ben to come back because Rich Paul was already talking to the Sixers prior to this happening.
2: Yeah, and I mean, look, Rich Paul does, like, get his payment from Ben's salary. Uh, So I assume there was motive for both sides eventually to to say, hey, maybe we
1: should go back. But yeah, it it wasn't if it wasn't Rich Paul, it was probably his girlfriend. Who is his girlfriend right now? Do we who
0: Who? I mean, not that Um, I really
1: care, but I'm interested. Who is it? a, a high profile, not actress, but I think she's a host over in Great Britain. Real attractive girl. Uh, now, when I we like say
0: her. host, do we mean a host or do we mean something yeah. else?
1: Yeah, like she's a host. She has her own show. She has guests. Okay. She's articulate. So I don't know why she's with Ben. But anyway, uh, yeah, she, <laughs> she, 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 probably, <laughs> she probably told him, uh, you, know, what, you know, you're know, you missing out on all this money. What, what are you doing? Like, you got to think about it. So if it's not Rich Paul, it's his girlfriend. I mean, for sure. Um, I just want to know what cuz like
0: if i was Elton brand and i got that text i'd be like oh shit for real like I, I wouldn't know how to react like i would be shocked for a second i'd be like and like you know like when you get here not when you're like home relaxing you're not doing anything and you're like all like like in your sweatpants and just like watching tv or something and your like room's a mess and then somebody knocks on it and it all knocks on your door and like you're rushing to get everything ready like that's my picture in Elton brand's mind Of when he got that text about Ben being at the front door. That's what's going through my mind of Elton Brand trying to get ready for Ben.
2: Certainly going to be interesting to see how the next week or two go leading up to the season. Um, It's certainly going to be uncomfortable. Obviously, Ben has already met with uh, the management team, Doc and Daryl and Elton. Uh, We don't really have any information on how those meetings went. Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report said they were quote-unquote brief so a lot of vagueness and ambiguity still obviously we haven't seen him quote-unquote yet he's just kind of hovering around philly right now uh can't practice with the team yet because of covid protocols so a lot of unknowns right now but really an amazing way to show up just a plus for the dramatics of it all i like genuinely applaud ben for for that part of it i think it's hilarious um it's much cooler than him like just showing up in a more normal uneventful way
0: like mid-game at the arena congrats do you think he did it for the dramatics or do you think he did it like kind of like i want to get this done and over with type thing yeah no he probably did it just to be annoying but, I don't. I don't know. He kind, He seems like the kind of guy that's just like, let me just get this done and over with. I don't want to be yeah, here. I mean, but let look, me just... Clearly, he's not trying to stick around and make things super easy on everyone.
2: So that's probably part of it. But I think it's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, be, and you talked about unknowns. Obviously, besides the money, which missing money and getting fined, which is the obvious known here. What other types of unknowns do we think motivated Ben to you know come back to Philly, if any? Uh, yeah, I don't think there are any.
2: I think it's pretty clearly a money thing. Maybe, you know, you could hypothesize that he thinks playing will, you know, restore his trade value, make something go down quicker. That's something we've sort of touched on previously, but we still don't even know if he's going to play. A lot of people are speculating that he won't. A lot are speculating that he'll pull a James Harden. Doc and Daryl are like, maybe he'll play in Friday in Detroit. In our preseason game, so you know, we have no clue what's been what Ben is going to do. But, um, yeah, I think it's pretty clearly a money thing. I thought, you know, Daryl Morey called their bluff. Uh, credit to him; he's clearly willing to ma- let this get uncomfortable and awkward and annoying in service of hopefully a better trade in the future and really maximizing uh, the value here or trying to help this team win a championship, I think it was, not to keep going back to the mismatch over at the ringer, but Chris Vernon put it well, like Daryl Morey's loyalties are not to Ben, they're to the team. So Ben can do all he wants, but if Daryl doesn't think a Ben trade right now is going to maximize the Sixers' chances of winning, he's not going to make one. Whether that means we have another uncomfortable holdout coming up, whether that means Ben is out there getting booed every night, regardless of what it means, if if Daryl isn't happy with the trades that are being offered, he's not going to make one. That's, I think, where we're at. Ben has four years on his contract. He's now showing up. He's at the organization. So they have gotten him to report. He holds all the cards right now. This is Daryl Morey's ball game. Ben can still make it uncomfortable. Ben has, he's probably still going to get traded. Not to say that, like, the Sixers have, have all the leverage in the world. But, You know, this isn't Daryl's court
0: right now, I think. Can we we just talk about uh, this is a win for the Sixers and NBA
1: owners in general. I would agree with that. Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I have a theory, though. Check this out, Chris. So, Mm -hmm. yes, he doesn't want to get fined, and a million dollars is a lot of money out of his pocket salary-wise. But let's look at this, like, on a five- to ten-year impact on his brand. So Simmons, I know he's he's had an endorsement with Frosted Flakes. Obviously, has like a sneaker deal. But if he continues to sit out and he becomes a national joke, he's already a national joke. If you look at the ESPYs and you look at all of the reporters or, or pundits on ESPN who call him out, he could be the ultimate villain. And that is not a good look for his brand. So I can imagine it. Rich Paul is like, look, you're losing money for well, your well, salary. Well. But your brand like you're you're not going to get any future Whoa. endorsement deals if you are this this pouty villain it's, in my opinion. I mean I feel like historically villains are pretty easy to market,
2: you know. Like what obviously this Ben instance, is not he, the bad boy Pistons, but there have been villains
0: in the past where people get behind them.
1: Chris But he's not like he a conventional but but
0: bu- 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 yeah, this isn't a conventional villain. Yeah. Like this isn't like I don't know like Ben Wallace or Shaq after he left LA or Give me like
1: I don't Dennis like, Dennis Rodman. God, though, the, not, not,
0: he's not one of he's those guys because the, the issue the issue is the, the issue with Ben isn't off the court, it's on the court. And and it's not because he's a bad boy, because he's mean or whatever, it's because he's soft. You no can't word. yeah, exactly. you cannot advertise a soft exactly. villain. Yep,
1: yep. That's a good point. Good characterization. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's I mean, like
2: Ben is not the first person to ask for a trait, y'all.
0: No, but that's not what we're saying, Chris. We're saying you can't monetize a soft villain. And his play on the court last postseason was soft.
2: Okay, you, but that has nothing to do with a trade request. If you're saying no, you no, but you're asking
0: you about monetizing. You're, you're saying that, hey, if we we can sell him as the villain, the villain that won't dunk? <laughs> like, Chris, this is awful. And yeah. plays well. I'm sure he's going to be super easy to market. I don't think. I mean, yeah, eventually, but this problem. is not going to be like, honestly, if I was a team owner, even if I got Ben in a trade for like really cheap. You actually not I, market I, Ben Simmons. But l- listen, 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 listen. That's not what I'm saying, Chris. Listen to what I'm saying. If I was an owner and my team traded for Ben Simmons on a cheap, you know, for a cheap return, next contract extension, he's not getting the max from me. Not only has he proven that he can't deliver when it matters most is that he's a pouty he's a he's a powder and he will sit out like why would ben, i pay somebody that once
2: we've never seen ben
0: excuse me what was chris? this holdout chris what he's was this holdout yes it is that is pouting because oh you won't trade me so i'm gonna sit out did anthony davis pout in new Orleans?
2: yes
1: that
0: how we're okay no yes! one
1: else framed it like that Wait, That's just not how it's guys, framed in the media Guys, I'm hearing something like In the background, hold on Let me see if I can fix it knows this, but Ben Simmons has been building Orphanages like this one Completely out of his playoff bricks Hold on, the best part's coming What do you like to say, little ladies? Nobody's getting endorsements if that. Thank can, you, Uriah. I'm just saying, you can't endorse that. That's that's humiliation. And sorry, I had to Look, play that. But Ben goes to Indiana, has a great year. We've forgotten about
2: this by 2023, or at least 90 of the country has. Like, I really don't think Ben's future finances are in trouble. Um,
0: I'm just saying if I was a team owner. Well, then why'd I he come wouldn't.
1: knocking on the door? Why'd he come knocking on the because
0: door in the middle of the night? Finances are in trouble. Oh, okay. He's getting All fined. Right. <laughs> All right. All right. But it doesn't matter if he's gonna be making big money in the future, right? It's a million dollars. I'd want a million dollars. I'm just saying, Chris. I mean you can put that's what he was saying. He said, it. I don't care if I get fined. I'll sit out the whole year. We still don't know. You, if you sit sit out pay y'all. a week. <laughs>
2: We were just like, talking before the podcast about how he might not play. I mean, He might not. And you know
0: yeah, what? Let's, let's just get to it. it. Let's just get to it, Chris. Go ahead and switch gears on us.
2: Okay. Look, um, let's talk about Danny Green. <laughs> when asked about Ben reporting and what he would need to do to reconcile with teammates, Danny said, quote, I'm not asking him to do anything different than he normally does. We're not asking him to shoot jump shots. Just come in, be a pro, and do your job. That's what we expect, of course, of him. If he apologizes, cool. Danny said, you know, if he does apologize, fine. If he doesn't, fine. If someone misses work at your day job, you don't really expect them to, like, apologize for it. Stuff like that. Um, What do we think of Green's comment, Lucas? Um,
0: Any thoughts? That's a Greg Popovich answer. Come and do your job that's 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 something i i I swear i hear greg popovich's voice when i read that um i don't it sounds very mature of danny green i don't know how you know i don't know if that's actually how he feels but good media answer for sure um like i said that you know come in and do your job you know that that sounds like a greg Popovichism. um so it's nice um yeah, I think you know, like I, I think the expectation for Green and he is the the biggest veteran on that team. As long as Ben comes in and plays, he's not going to have a problem. So yeah, it comes back to Ben playing or not. Look, I, I don't want
2: to like pigeonhole myself as the devil's advocate with Ben Simmons or anything, but you know, I've had my fair of my share of heated disagreements with Ben's. You know, media leaks (laughs) Um, yeah look man if at the end of the day for whatever reason whether it's obviously he has brought a ton of this on himself a lot of this media heat a lot of the fan bases uh, discontentment with him can rest solely on his shoulders for not performing at the level people expect out of him i acknowledge that i get it but at the end of the day if a guy wants out if he doesn't feel like it's the right situation for him, if he's uncomfortable being in that city with that fan base for whatever reason, that's not soft. I I just don't think that's fair. You know, a guy sometimes wants to leave his job, go somewhere else. That's normal. I I, I don't think we can just say, oh, he's soft. He's a but okay, Chris. Baby. Chris. Chris is the this is the difference. This character assassination with no real basis okay, but, in but, fact or but, observations that we can make personally. We okay, haven't correct. seen Ben
0: in three, four months. Okay. We have no idea what he actually thinks. Okay. Let me let me put this into perspective. I and mean, you're I, right, you do this too because you're a teacher. We have the signed a yearly contract. Unless we do something or the schools does something to break that contract, we have to fulfill it. Otherwise we don't get our full salary. Is that wrong? Yeah, no, no. I have no
2: problem with Philly withholding salary. They're, okay. but well, but am the Sixers shouldn't be finding him. Yeah. And I'm not saying Ben shouldn't have to report to work, but the NBA is not a teaching gig. Okay. Guys ask for trades all the time. Paul Gasol has to be traded to the Lakers. Kobe asked for a trade at one point. Mm. This goes back decades.
0: Okay. Trade but my point, my point is, thing. is that those guys don't hold out.
2: A lot of them have held out. James Harden, tried to hold out James Harden
0: just was quote-unquote late and he just came in within a fat suit but that my (laughs) point my point conveniently benched himself for half a season that was
2: a holdout that wasn't quite as public a holdout he didn't sit at his home while the team was in training camp but what Davis did is really no different we've seen guys Uh... hold out before in every sport this isn't really a new thing.
1: Obviously been a whole I think what's happening is the fan base Chris it's it's not so much the hold out that that's just like the the I guess the most I guess egregious act that he can do, right? You sign a contract, yeah. you fulfill that contract, but for the fans like me, it's death by a thousand cuts. We've been dealing with this crap for years. We've been asking him, hey, man, you don't have to shoot threes, just shoot jumpers. All right, man, if you don't shoot jumpers, just, you know, improve your free throws. He's not doing any of that anymore. And I'm okay. tired of seeing it. I'm tired of seeing it. I don't believe he's going to change. So I want him out of here. I want him out. Okay, of, I don't, but I don't why do we have to sit there.
2: here and, like, assassinate his character because of that? We can just say he played poorly, and I want him traded because he's not a good enough player. Why isn't that what we're saying? That's a why good question. Like that's a good a question. Who is soft and can't play in front of the fan base, and he needs to go? That's Why a are you going question. there? Well, to be fair, like, I never said I
0: he can't play in front of the fan base. To, to, to be fair, I don't think I said he can never play in front of the fan base.
2: I know, but that's like the broad sentiment, and we've talked about it on the show before. Like the fans are gonna, you know, they're gonna. Do the they're gonna off the listen. Building.
1: Fans, yeah. listen. Fans are gonna be fans. they are extreme fans that burn jerseys and record themselves doing videos and and using curse words. I'm not that type of fan. But if I'm paying money, if I'm spending literally hundreds of hours supporting this team, watching this team, talking about this team on a podcast, then I expect the second best player, highest paid player in a team to give his best. And I don't feel that he's doing that. So I'm going to criticize him because that comes with the territory, Chris. Sure. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, I'm just saying I, I, I don't know if like, like from a human perspective, I can still get why he wants to leave. right? I, I, I'm
0: not saying that I don't get I don't think why he, he wants to, we, want to leave. leave. I'm not Clearly saying that he Chris has underperformed. I'm saying how he's going about it is not the right way to do it.
1: Right, and you've I said mean, that what before. What is the Chris? right way to do it?
0: You want to leave. How, how
2: would you do it if you're Ben? You just stay Good at question. work at a place you don't want to work for the next four years and do nothing about it. Well, exactly. technically, it
0: only needs to be three years because usually in the last year of the contract, then the holdout works. But that being said, there is no precedence of how this is supposed to work. But obviously, the way that he did it did not work. It I mean, ruined his character among the fan, fans and media. Okay, it I'm took it. money out of his pocket. And it just it did not put him in a position of power. And it And, and instead of taking responsibility, like we've all said before, he should have. Yeah. He's pointing the finger at everybody. That's the, that's the key. He hasn't talked. He hasn't like clutch boards. Everything like that's been things. leaking out has to be passed by him first because it's his agent. They have to pass it by him before anything comes out. Look, now, if it know. comes from close associates, then maybe, maybe not. But it's his agency. They're not going to leak something that's not approved by him. Yeah, I, I just don't think like
2: his character should really be in question i don't know if that's fair i just don't know if we have the experience and first-hand knowledge it's necessary probably to like, not
1: it's probably not fair but when you make that much money hey it's time to grow a thick skin and man up so let, let's move on to joel's quote okay so joel basically said something similar you know
2: we've heard this sentiment from him before but now that's Ben is back. He said, quote, it's good for the organization. That's something that everybody wanted. I've always said that I believe he gives us the best chance to win. We're a better team with him than without. That's for sure. I'm happy that things are resolved and we can move on and try to be a better team. Lucas,
0: what do we make of that comment? You know, I think it was was it Jonathan and our Jonathan guy, normal guest on here was Jonathan in our Slack comments that said, I don't believe that for one second, or was that Matt? I, I don't know. I think it was. I think it was Matt. Okay, so yeah, Matt basically said, "I don't buy it." I mean, that's the media correct answer yet again. I don't, based off of his previous comments about being disrespected, I don't know if I hundred percent buy it. I don't know if it's complete bogus either. I think he can believe that the team can be better with Ben, but at the same time, I don't know if that's exactly what he wants at this point. So. I mean, we'll have to wait and see how the chemistry works with them on the court. If they play together.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I buy it in the sense that I definitely think the Sixers would rather have been back than not. And I think that extends from management down to the players. Like I can tell you, Joel Embiid does not want to go into the season with shake Milton or Tyrese Maxey as his starting point guard. I, I just, I can assure you that's not the case in his ideal world. Um, Obviously, Ben is, has, you know, made himself an enemy of the town, and Joel has spoken about it being disrespectful to people in the organization. I'm sure Joel is as annoyed as everyone else. I, I totally buy that. But, I, I mean, I'm sure everyone would not mind if Ben came back and we played the first month or two of the season and things just kind of quieted down a bit, you know? Like, if Ben does play and he plays up to his normal level, in November, December, we'll still be talking about trades, but it won't be quite as awkward. It'll, be, it'll feel somewhat normal again. A lot of people will start to move on to some degree and get over the whole holdout thing. Um, I'm not saying that fans will be excited to have him on the team still in December, but we'll get to a point where it's not quite as, I would say, toxic. Now, Ben can make it toxic, and if he chooses to do so, it's a whole different thing. But if Ben does come back and play, and he plays reasonably hard and gives us what we are accustomed to him giving us. Flawed or not, he, he's still a really good player. He does increase the team's floor and ceiling, frankly, compared to it without him. And like he, he makes the Sixers a better team. Joel is right. All we heard last season was how Joel and Ben had the best relationship of, you know, of their crews. It, it was better than it had ever been. The stuff this off season has probably put a dent in that. It's clear that Ben does not want to keep playing with Joel. That stuff, I'm sure, is going to be very awkward. And I'm not saying everything's going to be like all peachy and wonderful in the locker room. But I, I do think the guys want Ben back. And if he shows up and he does work and he plays hard, I'm sure they'll get over it. I do think they have thick skins. Like I, I think they'll be fine.
0: And wh- while you were saying that, it made me think of one thing. And I'm actually planning on writing about this later. I already have it in the drafts in our little WordPress uh, thing. But, guys, what what if Ben, just just hear me out. It's very unlikely, and I don't think this is going to happen, but what what if chaos reigns and Ben comes back and he's playing like the player we thought he was going to be when he was drafted? What happens then? I, I, Does I Philly lose its mind? Do it. let, let, no,
1: no, let's just talk about in this –
0: chaotic alternate universe that this actually happens what
1: never happen. it'll never happen never <laughs> happen it's not even worth discussing it will never happen the dude is selling both of his properties he's gone he's
0: gone no, i'm just i'm just saying what if he comes in and balls out as like the ultimate nah. troll to us
1: we're, we're we're just i don't know we're just putting ourselves i
0: mean think vision. about it he's been trolling fans all summer because he was putting up those sh- videos of him taking jump shots no nah. what if he comes in and actually trolls the fan base during the regular season What happens if Ben plays
2: the best basketball of his career? It'll benefit the team. And eventually, if he sticks around miraculously, you know, I'm not going to say he'll win the fan base back, but guys will get over it. If Ben helps them get better as a team, it is like so clearly better than the CJ McCollum's of the world that you can't justify trading him for that kind of player. Then like the fans will just. I don't know, have to deal with it. I think they would deal with it. I I, I don't know, but like Uriah said, Like we've been doing the what-ifs with Ben for his entire career. It's just not, he's going to come back. Exhausted. If he does come back, he's going to be the same player he's been the whole time, which is a great player. A tremendous, dominant, at times, two-way player. An all-star, every year, a top 30 or 35 player. But he's not going to be like Steph Curry out there. It's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Obviously, Steph is hyperbole, but I'm not expecting jumpers. I don't think he's going to come out and look like LeBron. It's just never going to happen. Uh, so Doc, of course, had his thing to say at the mic. Uh, he said that Ben is doing his individual workouts. Came in yesterday. said they had a good conversation. Uh, doubtful. But <laughs> he said, quote, I'm assuming he's going to play, but who knows? I can't get in anyone's head. Uh, if anyone has been maybe handling his media availabilities not as well as others on the team, it's been Doc. Uh has it been tr- trying to push buttons for some reason at times. <laughs> what do we think about Doc's comment, Lucas? And do we think Doc really wants this to end with Ben still on the team? Do we think he views Ben as a long-term piece here? What
0: are your thoughts there? I mean... <laughs> That's, that's a loaded question, and like the easy answer is no, I don't think he sees Ben as the long-term piece. I think this is just more or less just trying to boost his trade value. But Doc will also sweet-talk anybody. I mean, he will sweet-talk Kendrick Perkins, who is probably one of the more stubborn people into buying into a role. So Doc will say what he needs to say to get what he needs to get done. Until something changes, but no, I don't, I think Ben, I think all that drama with the, that is the end of his Celtics run. It was just, he doesn't want to deal with any more drama like this. Yeah. I mean, I will agree. I think the drama
2: has, is weighing on everyone at this point. I expect Ben to get traded before the trade deadline. 100%. I don't think he's going to be here for the next four years. I don't think the Sixers are really kidding themselves into thinking that it's going to end up that way. They will try to, you know, mend bridges and stuff, but I I doubt it will happen. I will say this. Obviously, a lot of like in the moment stuff after the playoffs, it's easy to get super in your feelings and be like, I want Ben gone no matter the cost. Like, I'm sure if we go back and listen to the podcast we recorded like right after the game seven, we'd probably be like, yeah, DeJounte Murray sounds great right now. Um, I, I, I would not trade Ben Simmons for Dejounte Murray and Lonnie Walker and some picks. That's like the package that was floated around today. Hard pass. Like that's just not equitable. Um, for Philly, I, I'm at the point where, and I know most fans aren't, but like if Ben starts the season and he's playing out there, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to be super annoyed. I'm not going to be like groaning every time he touches the ball. I'll, I'll like stomach it. It's gonna be fine. I expect he'll get traded. I can deal with some awkward interviews and stuff. It, it's it is what it is. I, I think Mori is taking the right path and being patient. We'll see how this plays out later into the season once the guys who are free agents can be traded once all those deadlines pass, if he's still on the team after the you know oh, trade deadline and clearly something has happened somewhat radical. We'll reevaluate then. but for now, I'm fine if he's going to show up and play. I think that's what the Sixers want. Like, I believe Doc does want him to play. And the Sixers, ideally, I I don't think the Sixers want to trade him for like a CJ McCollum or DeJounte Murray. Ideally, they don't do that because Ben is better than them. I I just think flat out. Um, And he's younger and he's on, frankly, a better contract than those guys. Maybe not DeJounte, but like, I don't think the Sixers want to trade Ben for a lesser player. They will if they eventually have to. But I do believe that in their heart of hearts, they would rather keep Ben than like do a trade that isn't for Damian Lillard or James Harden or Bradley Beal or a player of that kind. I, I think that's where Maury's at, and I think that's where Doc's at. We'll see if it can actually happen. Probably not, but I think that's where they're at.
0: And we're going to compare it to the roster at the beginning of last season compared to the roster at the beginning of this season. So, Chris, you know, there's a lot of similar names at the beginning of, at the top of the roster here and a lot of different names at the bottom of the roster here. Listeners, we're going to do this with the idea that Ben Simmons isn't going to play. Obviously, you heard our opinions prior up to this point of if we think he will or will not. But I think for the sake of argument here, let's do it with, this year's roster with the idea that Simmons isn't going to play. So, Chris, let me ask you this. Is this team better or worse than it was heading into the season last year? Um, Yeah, I mean, again,
2: like, if they don't have Ben, they're going to be a worse team. Obviously, the fit stuff is a problem. Everyone wants him to be traded, yes. Yes. But without Ben, they're a worse team. They have upgraded the bench. Drummond is better than Dwight Howard. Niang is better than Mike Scott. They've made upgrades. Maxie is going to get better. Isaiah Joe is getting better. Paul Reed is going to get better. They are deeper. They are more talented all around. And if Ben is sitting out and they have to play an extended stretch with Tyrese Maxie or Shake Milton as the starting point guard, they're going to be a a worse team. And I don't think it's going to be by a little bit. I think it's going to be a pretty clear drop off. Um, will they be a bad team? No. Will they be out of the playoff picture? No. Will Joel and Bede suffer a ton? No. Joel is amazing, and he's going to put them on their back, and they're going to win a lot of games still. But they're they're not going to be better if Ben's sitting out. If he is playing, then they're absolutely better. But if if he's not, then yeah, it, it's a it's a big hit until they can trade him for, you know, a comparable talent or a collection of players that you know replaces his value but you know that'll happen when it happens
0: without ben simmons this roster is not nearly as good as last year's but with ben simmons this roster is much better than last year's um even the two-way players last season we had dakota Mathias, who is a streaky shooter and doesn't really offer anything outside of that and then we also had Ray John Tucker as the two way players. Two way players this year is a high defensive uh, player already with offensive upside and Aaron Henry. And then Grit Riller is a spark plug off the bench just waiting to be developed. Drummond is an upgrade over Dwight, as Chris said. Uh, you got guys getting better. We all expect guys like Matisse, Tyrese, Paul Reed, Isaiah Joe, all getting better. Um, you know, the little the, the two rookies at the end of the bench is a little concerning with Bassie and Jaden Springer. We don't I don't really think we expect anything from their, them this year whereas last year, you know, you could kind of hope for maybe Terrence Ferguson to turn things around. No, no, no. No, no, no. We I'm talking Terrence about contributing contributing for this season, not Terrence the future. Ferguson could not contribute Last season or this,
2: no, yeah, that wasn't even uh, worth it. Jaden bringing Springer up. is better than Terrence Ferguson. I, I disagree. I, I
0: guys, Ferguson is not very, he's out of the league, like, for a reason. <laughs> and yeah. Jaden Springer is going to be playing in the G League almost yeah. all season long. He's what, 19 now? Ferguson was only in the NBA because he was too old for the G League, and he didn't last, um, very long. Uh, he's not too old for the G League, he's like 21 22, and yeah. Jared Brown out of the league at 21 22.
2: At, 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 I'll
1: well, put money I just... on Springer being in the league when he's 22. Anyway. My... So, so, hey, I... guys, real quick, because I, I don't have a social media question to read. So just let me give my opinion real quick. I'm going to okay. disagree with both of you, and here's why. If Matisse Thibel was not on the Sixers, if they didn't have another player of his caliber to step in and take Ben's spot in terms of defending the other team's best player, then I might give you that. Like, oh, the Sixers this year are not better. But I think they're better, not only because they have players who can step up. You also have guys improving, like Corkmaz. Corkmaz looks good. He, he's ready to, I think, turn into Hito Turkoglu 2.0. No, no, no,
0: no, no, oh, no, no, that's, Hold that's, on. no. Hold No, that's
1: blasphemous. Hold on. He, he, he's he's not a 6'10". playmaker. He, and he's 10. not 6'10". Yeah, all right, fine. All right, I'll, that may be bad comparison, but I think he's ready to step up. Isaiah Joe looks ready to get 20 to 25 minutes a game. And Maxie, don't underestimate a Kentucky guard, guys. I've mentioned this a million times. So are they a tremendous amount, Chris, better? No, I just think they're slightly better because addition by subtraction. You Look. get rid of the elephant in the room. You get rid of someone who doesn't take perimeter shots, who goes to the basket, weak as any 6'10 player I've ever seen. And Joel's going to average more. Tobias is going to average more. Curry's going to get more shots, more three-point shots. And did you notice the spacing in the game against Brooklyn? They're better.
0: Well, okay. I I will contend one one point on that, Uriah. Ben generated the most threes in anybody in the NBA. Yeah,
1: because he couldn't shoot. But but my point is is that
0: I don't. I mean, Joel, I expect to have a career year passing-wise, but I don't think they're going to get quite as many threes.
1: The as ball's going to move more, and you won't have a player sagging in the paint off Ben every single half-court offensive play. It's I, make a huge I difference. think
0: the Sixers
2: can generate as many or more threes without Ben. They've been shooting a higher three-point rate yes. in preseason. I think that's going to carry over. But, like, Ben still helps the offense. Like
1: He does. Even
2: even if bolt Magically could play thirty minutes a night and was not a total disaster offensively and could help the defense stay where it's at on the perimeter. The offense is going to take a step back. Second year Ben Simmons is or right now. Ben Simmons is much better than like second year Devin Booker, second year Jamal Murray, all these great Kentucky guards. None of them in their second seasons were anything close to what Ben is now. Like it's still too early. Right, Maxie's going to be great. I think he's going to play really well next year. I think he'll be a big contributor and a very important contributor because he occupies a really important skill set on the roster. He's not anywhere close to Ben Simmons right now. I, I, it's just like mountains and valleys between them. I, I truly do not think it will be anywhere close to comparable. Mm-hmm. And, and Th- Thibault is a great defender. He's also five inches shorter. Ben's versatility is unique. Thibol is a great
0: guard defender. But he got His eaten alive by... Yeah. He, got, he did get eaten alive by Jason Tatum. But I want to, before we finish up the podcast here, I do want to make two shout outs here. First off, the end of Jaleel Okafor's NBA career appears to be Uh, at at its time because he got waived by the, you know, Atlanta Hawks, you know, training camp roster spot. Most likely we'll see him in Japan or not Japan, uh, my bad, China, because China loves post big men. So I think. No, you didn't hear?
1: You didn't hear he already has a new job. are you messing
0: with me are you being serious
1: he's he's a a bouncer in boston oh my gosh (laughs) i fell for it i shouldn't
0: have fell for it (laughs) okay the other shout out is long time friend of the podcast and you know reoccurring guest daryl reynolds birthday today so we got to make sure we give out daryl a shout out we already made sure we tweeted it out on on our twitter page today but happy birthday daryl HBD, Another year. HBD. You gotta come Whoa. back on the show, Daryl. We miss mm-hmm. you. Yep. Love your takes. Would love to hear your take about this, of course. Um, if you guys had any other shout-outs or wanted to bring up any, um it's Doc Rivers' y'all.
2: birthday too, y'all. Is it really?
0: Yeah, 60th uh, birthday. Oh, and birthday, by the though. way, apparently Doc Rivers held out three weeks in two thousand nineteen ninety-one yeah, for the Clippers, and he's trying to use that as the same comparison for Ben. Well, Ben held out for one week, so it was a longer holdout, frankly. But he only lost, I think he said he lost, what, $300 a practice and six hundred, like $1,000 a game or something like that? They weren't making as much back then. No, no, they really weren't. I don't even know what the point of his holdout was, but anyway. I assume he didn't want to play for the team anymore. Well, I mean, it is the (laughs) Clippers back in the 90s, so I, I get it. Um, to
2: all our listeners as always thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Six Your podcast it's a big week we are less than I believe six seven days away from NBA basketball starting back up regular season right around the corner that is very exciting Um, our fantasy draft is this weekend too so Uh, Uriah and Lucas are going to be in misery in a few weeks once more. And as always, please follow along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, wherever you like to listen, subscribe, leave a review, give us five stars if you can. It would really help us out. And until next week, have a good one.